This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Mahachek. Thank you again for joining me. I hope we are doing something fun, like going for a walk or driving in the car or whatever you like to do while you listen to podcasts. I'm just glad I'm along for the ride. So we are continuing the conversation this week from last week where we're talking about what's in your food. It's kind of a special series I decided to do that I'm going to target a few of the most common additives in foods that are hiding in plain sight, basically, but have a big impact on our health. So if you haven't heard last week's episode where I talked about natural flavors, make sure you listen to that one because it is an important one and and something that's on a lot, a lot of labels. Uh, Today, we're diving into high fructose corn syrup. Woohoo! Everyone's favorite thing to hate or love, whatever. So high fructose corn syrup, I'm going to give a little bit of a history on it. Um, And first of all, if you're like, I already know about high fructose corn syrup, I already need, I already know everything I need to know. Cool. You don't have to listen, but there is some information that is kind of alarming and shocking, especially with what it is doing to our bodies and how it's impacting our children. So either way, there's a lot of, of kind of newer information. So high fructose corn syrup was introduced to our population. Um, This is kind of conflicting, but in the 1950s or around the 1960s is when it was actually uh, developed and created. Um, Around 1967 is when it started coming into the food supply. Um, But since then, it's substantially increased in our diets. It is a liquid sweetener. So it's liquid. It's not like table sugar. It's a liquid sweetener that's added to a lot of different foods and beverages. Now, on a molecular level, it's similar but different to sucrose or or table sugar. Regular sucrose, table sugar, is a one-to-one ratio of a fructose molecule and a glucose molecule. So it's a 50-50 fructose to glucose ratio. Just two molecules smashed together that produce table sugar. Now, high fructose corn syrup varies from anywhere from 55 to 45 or or a 65-25 ratio of glucose, or fruit, I'm sorry, fructose to glucose. So I'm going to say that again. High fructose corn syrup varies from a 55 to 45 ratio of fructose to glucose. And in some productions, it's a 65-25, so higher fructose to glucose. That was confusing. All you need to know is that in different productions and different products of high fructose corn syrup, the fructose is higher, hence the name high fructose. So why was it introduced? Why was it made in the first place? It's sweeter. It's sweeter than sugar. We went ahead and created a way to make sugar sweeter. (laughs) Like what? Uh, It's also easier to use. Um, and, and manufacturers can use less of it compared to regular sugar. It's also more shelf stable and it's less expensive. So when you think about it, sugar cane, which is where table sugars come from, 
Sugar cane was previously, and still is actually, grown in areas closer to the equator, and prices can obviously fluctuate based on, you know, things like climate or even political issues. High fructose corn syrup, however, is made from corn, which is in ample supply in the U.S. I grew up in the Midwest, cornfields everywhere. Ample supply. So that kind of reminds me of, you know, people hear corn syrup and they think, oh, it's made from corn, so it's got to be healthy. So it reminds me of those commercials, maybe like, I don't know, five or ten years ago or so, that tried to do some, I'm assuming, PR damage control for high fructose corn syrup, uh, where one lady would be reading a food label and she's like, high fructose corn syrup, ick. And then another lady would come in and be like, well, that's okay, it's made from corn. (laughs) Like, if that's the theory we're going on, then, I mean, tobacco is made from a plant. Opium is made from a plant. Alcohol is made from plants. Like, (laughs) that's a weak theory, if you ask me. But anyways. All right, the safety of high fructose corn syrup was never really questioned from the beginning. Basically, because the food scientists who created it stated it was a similar molecular composition as sugar, and therefore they just assumed it would be metabolized the same. In fact, every decade since the 1960s, an expert panel, quote-unquote expert panel of scientists came to the same conclusions that sucrose, or table sugar, fructose, glucose, and high fructose corn syrup did not pose a significant health risk aside from cavities in teeth. Every decade since the 1960s, they determined it doesn't pose a significant health risk. How ridiculous does that sound to us now? I mean, high fructose corn syrup is actually even heavily restricted in several countries, but accounts for around 40% of caloric sweeteners in the U.S. But hey, either they didn't know, I'm I'm a positive person, I like to give people benefit of the doubt, maybe they didn't know what they didn't know at the time, maybe they didn't have a way of testing its effects Or maybe they were getting compensated to look the other way. Who knows? But isn't that remarkable that for around 40, 50, or 60 years, it was determined to be safe and nobody questioned it? We now know at the levels currently being consumed in our country, it's not safe and it's hurting us. That's been the the food manufacturer's kind of defense this whole time too. When they always say when consumed in small amounts, there's no proven health risk. When you put a small amount of something in a lot of products that people eat and drink daily, it adds up and now it's a problem. Technically speaking, though, I can see the argument that their hands are clean of it all since they can't control the amounts that people consume. And on a side note, through my research for this episode, I read through close to maybe 20-ish or so articles And the ones that stated that high fructose corn syrup wasn't an issue or can't be proven as a contributor to disease were all older. They're older articles. The newer articles published in like the 2010s and sooner and more recent, uh, they were in mostly agreement of the damage it's causing or at minimal, they're starting to question at that point. So let's talk a little bit about the known effects of high fructose corn syrup. High amounts of fructose has been shown to raise triglyceride levels in the blood, increase blood pressure, 
increase appetite in some people, increase uric and lactic acid. So those of you with gout or other acidity issues, that's you. It also increases inflammation, which shouldn't be a shock to most people. And as I mentioned in episode 15 of the podcast, it's being linked to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's actually one of my more popular episodes based on downloads, um, which shows just how significant it is. I mean, this non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is an extensive problem, especially starting to be in children. And it's being linked to the amounts of high fructose corn syrup that kids and adults are exposed to on a daily basis. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it as episode 15. All right, so people who already have high blood pressure or high insulin levels or high triglycerides or non-insulin dependent diabetes, or if you are post-menopausal, all of you are more susceptible to these effects. I'll post a study in the show notes that kind of discusses that if you're interested, but isn't that really kind of alarming and interesting. And, and you know, when I look at that list of who's at more at risk for having some of these uh, effects of the high fructose corn syrup, it all comes down to inflammation. Every, it's all inflammation, blood pressure, inflammation, diabetes, inflammation, triglycerides, inflammation. It's all related. So anyways, it's, it's kind of, you can start to see the patterns start to form. And the inflammation piece is actually what I want to spend a little time discussing because this is something that so many people have and not even realize it until it manifests into a condition or if they start to feel pain. Chronic low-grade inflammation is a huge and important factor in the development of a lot of diseases. So just to name a few, just to give you kind of some perspective, we're talking cardiovascular disease, diabetes, depression, dementia, IBS, and other gut issues. If the inflammation occurs in your gut, you can develop leaky gut. I mean, inflammation is a huge problem and it's measurable. So you can go to your doctor and get a CRP or a C-reactive protein test, or you can test for pro-inflammatory cytokines, which are immune responses, Um, such as the interleukin-6 or interleukin-18 or adiponectin biomarkers, which are anti-inflammatory. So if they're low, that tells you some things. All of these can show levels of inflammation in the body. And high fructose corn syrup and sugar were both shown to increase these markers, meaning they stimulate a mild, mild immune response. Anytime there's inflammation, that's your immune system. So now what do you think happens when sugar and or high fructose corn syrup is consumed all the time, all day long, every day? That's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer me. But there is a lot, a lot of conflicting info about high fructose corn syrup being the source of the obesity epidemic. Obesity is not one of the things that I discussed, but there is a lot of research. If you want to go down a rabbit hole, look up high fructose corn syrup and obesity and you'll see you know huge heads of companies and organizations battling it out about it doesn't cause it it does cause it there's a rise there's a trend and it's easy to come to that conclusion honestly seeing that the rise in high fructose corn syrup use in foods and drinks runs parallel to the rise in obesity rates however 
I don't think it's the sole cause. Rarely is there just one cause for something, rarely. Usually there's multiple. And I think it's definitely, you know, a contributor. And depending on your current diet and intake of sweeteners like high fructose corn syrup, it could be a main contributor for you. But I think it's giving too much power to high fructose corn syrup to label it as the sole cause of the obesity epidemic. That's just a little extreme. There are many causes. In fact, I saw an article in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition that showed sucrose or table sugar and high fructose corn syrup use was roughly equivalent over the past 35 years. So they were trying to show that it's not high fructose corn syrup that's causing the obesity epidemics. Not surprisingly, though, at the end of the article, I looked at the author's conflicts of interest section. Always look at that in a research study, by the way. And he's a consultant for individual food industries, the American Chemical Society, and the Corn Refiners Association. So do with that info what you want. But when I read it, I thought, so what? (laughs) You know, so what? Both sugar and high fructose corn syrup are equally on the rise. What difference does it make if it's roughly the same when the outcome is still overconsumption of sweetened foods causing health issues. The nitpickiness sometimes makes me so annoyed with people. But anyways, so regardless of the fact that is it, su- is it sucrose or is it high fructose corn syrup causing the obesity epidemic, it doesn't matter. It's, it's here. It's happening. And we're consuming both in massive quantities. And the fact that it's peppered into so many things, which we'll talk about in a second, it's on the rise, but it's in everything. So that's, that should be the focus. There's a lot of chatter and back and forth about high fructose corn syrup being the same as sugar. In fact, I almost fell off my desk chair when I read an article that a woman with a PhD, and I believe it was like food science or something like that, stated sugar and high fructose corn syrup are similar and should be thought of as the same in the body. Um, what? (laughs) No, absolutely not. That sounds like an old theory from the 60s. Her theory about this was because molecularly, like we talked about, they're similar-ish. And they both have around four calories or so per gram. That's it. Again, with the calories with these people, like quality over calories. But anyways, come on. Um, But anyway, so yeah, that's about where the similarities stop, though. When you look at what happens when it's ingested, glucose or or high fructose corn syrup and sucrose, which is, again, a molecule of glucose and fructose, they go to different places in the body. Glucose goes to the blood. Fructose goes to the liver. And now some people are saying also the small intestine. But the transporters within the cells are different. The enzymes used to break them apart are different. The cell metabolism and storage is different. So can we really group them together? I mean, no. So hopefully you can kind of see my point that high fructose corn syrup is in a lot of foods and drinks that we are, we and our children are consuming. And my educated guess says that within the next decade or hopefully sooner, more will show just how toxic and damaging it is to our bodies. Uh, So, but let's talk about a little bit, where can you find high fructose corn syrup? Look on the label of most things, honestly, but specifically look on the food labels of sports drinks, cereals, breads, crackers, sodas, fruit drinks, canned fruit, flavored yogurts, condiments and dressings. So things like, you know, salad dressings or ketchups, um, jams and jellies, boxed 
pretty much anything, but especially boxed desserts that you might, you might make. Um, ice cream, applesauce, prepackaged oatmeals. I mean, the list is extensive. It's fair to say that if it has a label, there's likely high fructose corn syrup, sugar, or some other sweetener in that product. That's just the sad reality of our food. Not all foods with a label, but a staggering number will have some form of sweetener in there. So with all this information, some of it may be new, some of it may not be new, what does this mean for you? Does this mean that you have to eliminate this completely from your and your family's diet? Of course not. But like I said in last week's episode, and I've said in other episodes, balance. We need to understand exactly how big of an impact this ingredient is having in our lives and in our health. So your homework for this week Write down how many times you see high fructose corn syrup on a label of something you eat or drink. I say write it down just because they don't give the grams of it on the nutrition facts. So simply taking note of how many products you have per day that contains it. And here's the best part. We can't control how the foods in our society are produced or what's added to them. The food manufacturers and the FDA can say all day long that high fructose corn syrup is generally considered to be safe at this time. But what we can control is whether or not we eat them and how much we eat of them. It's kind of like voting with your wallet. If we say to them in so many ways, we're done with that. We're not doing that anymore. We recognize that it's causing issues in us, in our children, in, in everyone else in society. We're done with that. And we don't purchase those items. We don't have them around or we at least reduce them. They have to listen. So this week, just take a look at how many labels in your kitchen or pantry have high fructose corn syrup listed on them. Then if you want to be a star student, come up with an alternative item or some sort of swap to make that doesn't include high fructose corn syrup. Sometimes just simple swaps can make a huge difference. And if you want, you can tag me uh, at Food Factor Nutrition in a post about how many products you find or what your alternatives are. And I'd love, love, love to see it. You can actually see many products now listed that say does not contain high fructose corn syrup, but you still wanna make sure that it doesn't now have added sugar or you know some other sweetener because they're still trying to make something sweet. So just take, take notice of that and, and come up with some alternatives or let me know how that goes. So that's about all I have for this week. There's a lot of conflicting info out there and it gets complicated based on who's providing the info and what their motives are. But one thing I know to be 100% true is that high fructose corn syrup is absolutely not an essential nutrient that our body needs. There is no nutritional value whatsoever, and at the very minimum, consuming it uses our body's resources to process it. The extent to what the effect on our body is is still up for for debate, but we don't need it. Okay, I hope you can take away a few tidbits from this episode. Please remember to subscribe to this show so you don't miss an episode or share it with a friend or a family member, and please leave a review if this has been helpful or useful in any way for you, I would really appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.